Hello and welcome to the Lost Art Podcast. I'm Gar and I'm here with Helmet. How are you doing? And this week we're going to look at something. I say, I say every week I say we're going to look at something interesting. But this one is actually very interesting. Do you mean you were lying all the other times? I did, I, to, I'm going to be honest with you, I lied a lot. Some of them, <laughs> the themes weren't interesting until you get into the meat of it, you know. We're charged um, for telling the truth here, Gar. Well, as we read it. <laughs> as, <laughs> as it's told to us. So yeah. uh, this week... It's kind of a little carry-on, a little continuation of our Killers podcast. But this time, we're doing Killed. Got killed. Got killed. They got deaded. They got a big bowl of dead served to them for breakfast. Uh, so we picked a bunch of musicians. We tried not to be overly obvious. There's a couple of nice little spicy ones in there. A few spicy boys in there. A few fucking horrifically tragic They're all pretty... They're all pretty Terrible. I mean, yeah. there was people killed. It's no crack. That's why we're doing this one as sober as possible. Yeah, this Be is the first one we're doing this evening. So we have a little bit of respect for the brown bread. Yeah. Um, Doesn't even make any sense. Does it? <laughs> a bit of respect for the brown bread. <laughs> <laughs> this is him trying, folks. This is him trying. <laughs> uh, and I'm full of pain today as well. I might come out. I'm sore. I don't know what I've done. Slept weird or something. You might come out. It, no, might, it might come out. Yeah, the evil might come out. Oh, me, right. Well, the badness. I've given your disclaimer now. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's do it. Uh, yeah, so these are musicians who were killed uh, either tragically or horrifically. And uh, none of them are any crap. Mutually exclusive terms. <laughs> kind of. Kind of. <laughs> Roy, who you, who's your fourth one? It's uh, the guitarist from Pantera, Dimebag uh, Daryl. Mm. Daryl Abbott. Yeah. Listen, he's definitely one of the greatest guitarists, not just metal guitarists, one of the great guitarists. And he's definitely time. dead. He did get died, yeah, unfortunately. I'm always a massive fan of Pantera, yeah. but I don't like being a Pantera fan, no. if you get me. There's probably nothing worse on earth, actually, than being a Pantera like fan. Like, they're worse than Till fans. They probably are. And yeah. I love both of the bands. Yeah. But Pantera fans are the kind of person that gets a copy of Vulgar Display of Power and if you're lucky, the only other album they'll ever listen to is possibly Far Beyond Driven. Yeah. They won't go outside that band. Once that's it. Pantera is on. They get the Cowboys from Hell tattoo. Yeah. And then they don't need to listen to anything with a, a melody or everything else. is Everything else is gay. Yeah. Stupid. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I only like those two albums. Really? Yeah. Well, Great Southern Train Kill and I'll do nothing for me. What about Cowboys from Hell? Cowboys Hell is grand. It's but true. It's not. It's grand. Half oh, of it great. is grand. I know. It's great. Do you like it? Yeah, I like it. I like Cemetery lot. Gates. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I love when people do that at karaoke and you're like, you're never getting no. that last one. You're never getting that last gig. You're not even getting the second last yeah. gig. If you're lucky, you'll get the third last He can't gigs. even do that now. No. There's no fucking way he no. can. Speaking of Cemetery Gates. Yes. <laughs> he was killed on stage. This is, our, this is possibly our only on stage death. So far. Yeah. Not in the world, just... Uh, yeah, there's been a few. Like on-stage murder in this podcast. Um, so he's playing with his... After Pantera broke up, he's playing in Damage Plan. In 2004, they're playing in Columbus, Ohio. And as they're playing their first song, super fan, Nathan Gale gets on stage and shoots Dimebag. Dead. Uh, he shot him multiple times. And what he didn't know is until recently that he shot three and uh, killed, sorry, shot a few people, but he killed three other people. Really? Including uh, the head of security who tackled them, mm. but was shot as he was tackling them. Yeah. Uh, a fan died, and I think uh, another member of the crew. Fuck. Um, 
a lot of people say that the, the the myth going around is that he said when he got on stage, "This is for breaking up Pantera." Really? That's what. Well, that's what. Oh, you read said. something like that before? Yeah. Turns yeah. out it's not true. Really? Well, according to everyone at that gig, that was around that area. They no words were spoken. You just got up and started no. shooting. So I had to figure out, okay, why? Why? Mm. If that wasn't the reason why, so I dug a little bit deeper into it. Um, he was mad. I think he was definitely mad. I think that is a huge uh, indicator of madness. Yep. Shooting people. Yeah. So he this, this, this lad was huge. Like he was an offensive line man for a semi-professional uh, American football team. Mm. Um, apparently he listened to Pantera before every game to get himself mad, mad hyped. Okay. And he was in a band and one of his old bandmates said that he used to write lyrics for the songs they were doing mm. but they were all Singing, he was singing Pantera lyrics over really? them songs, and then someone went, eh, "Man, I think that they're Pantera's lyrics." And apparently went, "No, they're mine. Pantera stole them on me, oh. and I'm going to sue them." Okay, so all right, we'll never know if that was really the reason. That we will, did. like I can tell you right now. Sounds like that. That's not that not real. What do you mean it's not real? That they didn't steal his lyrics. No, no, I know he didn't steal it, but is that the reason he shot? Oh, yeah, he's just mad. <laughs> he's just, yeah, just no, mad. he's just mad. Like he's just mad. There's no. Yeah, no, definitely he's like, just mad. But what I'm the, saying is, is that the, is that what made him get up there? Maybe. I mean, there's flavors of mad. You know what I mean? Maybe it's both. Maybe it's maybe it's because he's mad. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, I think it's just mad. mad. Yeah. Just mad. But yeah, but I want to know about the little, also. This is fire think thing. about it. That's about that's a good what? What year was that? Fifteen years ago. Yeah, so that's a good solid like five six years before. Mad people were treated like equally, <laughs> right? When you think about it, which I hate. Yeah, I'm not into it. But like now, you know, it's fucking, uh, it's a syndrome or something. You know what I mean? And you get tablet. Also, wasn't as many shootings then as well. So this would this class this would classify as a mass shooting. It must be more than I don't know what the numbers are. It's just public shooting. Public shooting. Yeah, yeah. You just call it that instead of yeah. mass. Maybe yeah. I don't know what the um, the number has to be for a mass shooting. I think he possibly shot about six people. But killed four. Massive lack of crack. Yeah, you shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't, you shouldn't, first of all, you shouldn't be going to a gig with a gun. No. Uh, and you definitely shouldn't be going to a gig where you're planning on killing the people you paid to go and see. Just go and listen to more Pantera. Counterintuitive, If really. he had a stuck around, right, he would have been able to see Phil Anselmo doing Pantera songs now. He's doing Pantera songs now because fucking loads of the boys are dead. Two of the boys fucking croaked, yeah? Yeah. So. That's right, yeah. He's actually, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Vinny died as well. Yeah. And he's buried, uh, buried beside his brother. Beside each other, yeah. Because they were mad into each other. Because they were brothers. Because they were brothers. Yeah. Dot, dot, dot. Because they were brothers. No. Fucking, this is not going to go if well. He, if, he, if he had, but if he hadn't have killed him, like realistically, Vinny is more replaceable than going back. Let's, yeah. let's call it. You know what I mean? You don't want any of them. Who's the other guy? Rex, isn't it? Rex, yeah. He's still kicking Rex around. Harrington, I think. So, um, no, that's not a second name. Is that your man from... I was, that's Rex Everything is uh, Nick Oliveri from the Dwarves. That's his Dwarves name, but I don't know what. Um, in 2005, the copper that shot him, mm. Niggermeyer, that's his name, mm. uh, was cleared of any wrongdoing, obviously. Of course. He's praised for his actions. He was even a man who shot uh, Dimebag. His mother said, I give the man credit for it. Really? Saving a lot more people. Saving a lot more people, exactly. Exactly. Um, unfortunately, Despite getting the awards from America's Most Wanted and a few other people and, and heroic awards and stuff like that, he, he retired from the force with PTSD over the whole thing. Really? Yeah. It's kind of shitty. And um, It's not like a job shooting people, no? If you're a copper. Yeah, I think I think you definitely don't want to do that. Yeah, of course it is, yeah. It was the worst end of the job. That's like mm-hmm. at the end of the night having to clean up Jack's in 
That multiplied be... by seven million. All right, yeah. I the, the, think of the worst part of your job, but the, I hope that you'll never have to. Oh no, someone took that a never shite. happens. Someone took a shite in the urinal once. Yeah, and that had to be cleaned up. But that's this is worse. But like, no, I think I'd rather shoot someone. Shoot a mentaler in the head. Yeah, yeah, easy. I'd oh, easily. I can't say mentaler. Oh yeah, no, it's two thousand or whatever year it is. Well, I'm thinking. We're, we're no, it was, it was back then. He was so just mad. We're just yeah, it's just mad. Perfect. Um, the funeral obviously was attended by lots of stars. So did you know he was buried in. <sighs> Get the name of this thing right. He was buried with Eddie Van Halen's guitar donated by oh, Eddie Van right. Halen from a, and a Bumblebee guitar from the tour album at the back of it or something like that. I don't know. I don't, I don't really listen to Van Halen. I know he was buried with that famous guitar in a Kiss casket. Really? That was donated by Gene Simmons. It want to Apparently be. Apparently, Kiss have actual caskets. They have caskets. Yeah, I've seen them. So right. he's buried in one of them with Eddie Van Halen's guitar. Really? I yeah. have seen Kiss caskets before. Yeah. That's kind of cr- they, they will stop at nothing to brand every possible thing that can damn, be branded. Damn the misfits and ghosts. And ghosts. the trifecta of yeah. dirt merchandise. Yeah. Yeah. And, and not to get too much into ghosts, but misfits and the kiss are his two favourite bands. So he's no problem merchandising anything. Now, I am as guilty as anyone. I bought misfits shoelaces. I shoelaces. Shoelaces. Have the crimson ghost all over them. Uh, I bought misfits Christmas tree lights. I've bought misfits clocks. Y- you name it. You name it, I've bought it. You'll I've never got... be late for a Misfits gig. <laughs> exactly. Well, Actually, we might get one. The room already on the rounds. They might be doing a European stint. That would be pretty savage. Yeah, I might, that, we might have discovered a gig that I will travel for. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Right, so that's uh, that's my first one. Dimebag, massive fucking loss. Massive loss. Big time. I hated how everyone acted. And, and I was working in rock clubs and people become gone. They play a song for, for Dimebag. I'm like, well. He can't hear it. He can't hear it. Yeah, he's not here. So I'll play a song for you. And even if you was alive, he still wouldn't I'll hear play it. a song for you to enjoy it, mm. which is what you're actually fucking asking yeah. me to do. So here's your, here's your first one. Uh, I picked a weird one, and I only discovered them today. I took one out of the list. Yeah, you had a, I noticed that. You swapped, um, it. Ooh, you swapped one out today. I swapped one out because I, I just stumbled upon a, a fucking beautiful one. Okay, so... Death and murder is not beautiful. No, this, just the story itself is... Unless is, if the perpetrators are killed in jail. Well, that, that's not saying I believe in that kind of punishment except everyone does that a little kind of justice, bit of course everyone does a little bit you want that dirty caveman justice yeah. um, <laughs> caveman justice is the best justice uh, so I picked a guy called Chalino Sanchez and he was a Mexican singer songwriter he was born in 1960 now oh, we have a, a Mexican person on this list do you? Well. yeah, yeah. Uh, so had a force now it just looks like I'm copying it <laughs> you always do this guy uh, the Lennon's fucking it's, so his story is, is, is really interesting what kind of music was it Mexican music uh, just a broad term, umbrella term Mexican music okay he, do, he doesn't really get into music until later on in his life right so when he's 15 he's the youngest of seven siblings right there's obviously nothing to do in fucking Mexico but bang and make babies so he has seven fucking brothers and sisters seven now when he's 15 he witnesses his sister being raped by a local fucking powerful, I don't know whether he's a drug lord or whatever, but a local powerful man. And about four years later, he's at a party and he sees this man who raped his sister. So he pulls out his gun, shoots him, kills him, right. then runs away. He runs away to Tijuana. Yeah, yeah probably one wrong. And the only thing he brings to Tijuana with him... The coolest brings, named place in the world. Yeah, isn't it? Love it. Tijuana. So he runs away to Tijuana and all he brings with him is his gun... And his Jesus Malverde chain, right? So a Jesus Malverde chain is a... He's like the patron saint of narcotics. Right? He's one of these local saints. Right. 
Doesn't, I don't think he's anything to do with Jesus, to be honest with you. It's just this weird-looking Carlos Escobar-looking... But, like, dude. in a lot of places in Latin America, they are looked up to as people who save communities. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? So they are completely, like... Oh, yeah, 100%. So he's, he's like, the, he's the, the patron saint of narcotics and crime in whatever part of Mexico that uh, Chilino grew up in. So that's all he had when he went to Tijuana. While he's in Tijuana, he gets into a bar fight with a guy. And the guy shoots him, right? And he shoots the other guy, kills the other guy. So he gets put away, goes into jail. Spends a couple of years in jail. Now it's, it's considered kind of self-defense, but it's I think it's manslaughter yeah. or whatever. So he has to do a stint in jail. While he's in Getting there, shot probably took a few years off. Yeah, you know, like, exactly. Well, I'll say his life. <clears throat> so while he's in there, he uh, he starts getting into these corrido songs. Now corrido songs are like a traditional style of Mexican kind of folk songs. Right. And what they do is they're talking about. Uh, yeah. the, the government kind of oppresses you and yeah. you know how the worker man has to fight extra hard to get boy and so he starts kind of messing around with this kind of stuff prison's a great place to do that yeah exactly you're going to get a lot of stories even if they're not yours now what happens is that he's not the good he didn't necessarily invent what's called the narco corrido he doesn't necessarily invent it but he kind of popularizes it yeah. and what narco corridos are are like songs that are written for drug cartels to popularize them, okay? So in some local uh, Mexican like cities and villages, the local kind of narcotics cartels are seen as heroes, right? That give back to the poor, you know, steal from the rich, give the Robin Hood kind of syndrome. Yeah. So he starts writing these narco corridos. Now, the problem with writing narco corridos is that if you're writing a narco corrido for someone, your local drug dealing squad cartel, then that's going to piss off one of the other cartels, all right? Because right. you're elevating Especially them. Especially if it's a banger. Exactly. Imagine he's writing absolute outrageous yeah. killers, right? We can't, you can't even get him into the gang. <laughs> exactly. You can't do that. He's locked in. He's a Bowers fan. He's writing songs for Bowers, and the, the Shamrock Rovers fans are not happy. No. Right? They, they, so Rovers are pissed off that Bowers have fucking Chilino Sanchez writing songs about how deadly Bowes football team are. And Bowes would probably stick him on a jersey as well. Exactly. Like Bob Marley. It's with no copyright whatsoever. No copyright. Because one lad that was in the Whalers once said they could do it. Um, who now lives in Dublin. <laughs> um, that's a great story. We should do that again. Uh, so he's writing these narco credos. gets really famous. Really, really popular. He starts going to... Uh, Las Vegas, not Las Vegas, LA to these recording studios and just banging out albums upon albums of narco corridos. However, he goes back to his hometown where he was born and plays a gig. This is 1992. This is where he shot your man. Uh, he, shot, he actually shot a guy in Coachella in California. That's not the festival. No, that's where the festival is. But um, He was living in Tijuana, across the, the border a lot. Now, while he lived in Tijuana... Tijuana, he worked as what's called, uh, what do they call them? Uh, Polero, which is somebody who helps people get across the border. Oh, right. Okay. Um, they have another name from, it's like a jackal or something. I always forget what they're called. Um, but he helped, helped people cross illegally into the United States. So he was obviously doing it a little bit himself. Yeah. So he gets, uh, he gets into this bar brawl, turns into a gunfight. He gets shot, but he kills the other dude. Willie's in jail, learns all this, blah, blah, blah. Later on in his career, as he's doing really well, he goes back to his hometown to do a gig. Plays the gig, all good. Hops in his car to drive home. Driving home, gets pulled over at a routine traffic stop. A couple of men dressed as police with police ID, all this kind of stuff. Take him out of the car, going through all his identification, all this kind of shit. 
disappears. His body's found a couple of days later. He's bound, has a bag over his head and has been shot twice in the back of the head. Shit. Found in a ditch. Jesus. So to this day, they never found out who done it. They, there's no real motive for it. Because exactly. he was, exactly. There's no motive, but they, the, the general assumption is it was another cartel that weren't happy that he was popularizing other cartels yeah. with his music. Because he was really, really, really big. Like Sounds he was. Like Latino story of Biggie and Tupac. A it's bit. a little bit. It's, it's kind of got that. Now what's mad is that since he's died, there's been at least 12 other big name narco corrido singers murdered wow. in Mexico. Like that was 1992 he was killed. Jesus. So like it's it's a dangerous job to be getting in. I, actually, I believe that like Voice have actually done a couple of these short documentaries. I know, they're mad for it. Um, but they've done a, a couple of little documentaries following around some of these narco corrido guys. They followed one where there was a guy who had a little home set up in his uh, in his house, a home he, set up in his gaff. <laughs> Sorry, that is mental. <laughs> My brain went off on something else while I was saying that. I was trying to I often find that is a, actually a good place to set up a home. You reckon? Yeah. Not not like in the garden. I think you meant studio. <laughs> <laughs> but he set up a studio in his house, and he used to go out. I think it was uh, like East LA or something like that. And he'd go out and he'd meet all the local uh, Latino gangbangers, and he'd get all their names and what they've done, and he'd bring it home and write a song for them, and you know, born out the CD and sell it to them for a couple of grand. So like, it's alive and well still, the right, Marco yeah. Corrido, you know? And it's also, it's it's kind of, it's almost gotten bigger, but a lot more underground. Like yeah. the, the gangs aren't kind of popularizing them, they're keeping them for themselves. You know? War on bangers. The war on bangers. Uh, yeah, but that's, uh, that's Chilino Sanchez, really good one. I mean, yeah, I mean, that is. It's, the, the, fact, uh, the fact that 12 other Marco Corrido yeah, singers. this is a thing now. Like, it's a thing now it's to go after now. them. And so there's been a couple of them that won Grammys and stuff like that as well. Yeah, they yeah. big enough. Grammys? And Grammys, yeah. Mexican Grammys? No, Grammy Grammys. Grammy Grammys? Yeah, yeah, not Grammaleros. Like actual <laughs> Grammys. Right, here's your next one. My next one is me as a part of from the Gits. Mm. Um, this is all, it's just an awful, awful, awful story. I, res- I refrained from looking this one up because I want to hear it properly. They really won't get it from me. I'm terrible at this. Whenever I get serious, I get all panicking and oh, just rush oh, through it. Oh, but what if uh, her, her, her daughter comes out to me? No, just no. Like it's just. Uh, so she was coming back from a gig in um, 1993 mm. in Seattle, and she was raped, beaten, and murdered. And no one had absolutely any idea. The grimmest. Who did it? It really, really fucking grim. She was found and identified immediately by the medical examiner, who was mm. a fan of the Gits. Went that I know who that is. Like. So that's instantly who they know who it was. Um, they had absolutely no idea who it was. So the police had absolutely zero, just nothing on it at all. Just found a body. Yeah. In shape. That's it. Yeah. So that's what it is. And so what the Seattle music community did was brilliant, right? Some of its most famous people like Nirvana and Pearl Jam and Soundgarden and all helped raise, I think they raised 70 grand for a private investigator. All right. To find out just anything. Like was what? it Courtney Love? Jesus. Apparently, no, no. All right. She wasn't quite killing people at that stage. Okay. Not that she ever killed anybody. No. Um, so, unfortunately, I think three years, that got three years of an investigation going. And after three years, the funds completely dried up. They'd hired someone, they'd, they'd hired an investigator called Lee Heron. And they continued on anyway even when the phones dried up really? they wanted to know they had to know yeah have to know what so you put years into, into something you want to see it through don't you absolutely I'd say if, if you're a private investigator a lot of them are just going to be out for the money when that money's gone yeah whatever but some of them are like you can get into your head you're like, yeah, you've done three years of work that's what True Detective was about like yeah it's fucking it has to be done it's just yeah, yeah, it just, that, yeah. you're out of control Murphy <laughs> this is it so they went full loose cannon they did yeah 
and still absolutely, absolutely nothing. They got That's no mad. closer than they were today. So, 10 years after the murder, DNA pings. Really? A DNA ping. They took all the DNA and yeah, kept yeah. it in on foot. Yeah. The, the DNA is phenomenal like that. Yeah. A guy called Jesus Mekia. Mm. No, Mekia. Who had a history of violence against women. In fact, six of his ex-girlfriends had all gone to the police and reported him for batterings about that. So unfortunately, it took some, a death and 10 years on DNA to put someone like that mm. away. Um, I think they worked out that he dragged her into a car and did everything like that yeah. in a car. Um, he was convicted in 2004, initially sentenced to 37 years, but he appealed. Really? So it was reduced to 36 years. Oh, ha yeah. Stinger, Sick fuck you, you scumbag. And all of a sudden you're waiting to have your day in court as well, so you're going to serve more yeah. than that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So he's been in prison since 2003. I don't... He's a bit to go. I don't think he's ever going to... Well, it depends on what age he was when he was put in. Yeah, I hope he does. Hopefully. Miserably. Um, the aftermath of the murder, um, friends and, and people in the community uh, set up um, a group called Home Alive, which mm. is sort of... To let to, to it was it started as benefit concerts. Uh, they released lots of benefit concerts and, and uh, released lots of albums, including Nirvana, Pearl Jam, mm-hmm. Soundgarden, Heart, Presence of the United States. Yep. And also, Joan Jett joined the remaining members of the Gits to do a live album called oh, very Evil cool. Stig. Um, it was trying to send a real horrible feeling through the whole Seattle community. Mm. So they all kind of banded together and uh, sort of brought a little bit more into light about the safety of women mm. in the city which do you know what sort of reminds me of something I heard recently um, I was watching Dave Chappelle I know he's not uh, very popular right now because of things he's been saying but I remember he was talking about uh, violence against women and stuff yeah. like that and how he'll never understand what that's like to be a woman mm. but he said remember the story that he had a, a backpack with 10 grand in it where he's bringing it on the subway that's right yeah and he was like that's the closest he'll ever get to realising yeah, yeah having something that you think that everyone could possibly want on a dark subway yes. or get going home like that and he said he was terrified and that must be like all the time for someone with a vagina I think this was his words do you know what I mean that's just, just it's, this must be fucking horrible and that yeah. kind of brought a lot of attention to I mean the Seattle scene anyway that's well, as that's, far as like, that's like that tend to rock communities to their core when it's a person that's yeah. um, known to a lot of people it, it, it's it's as terrible as it sounds, it's one thing for like Joe Soap or Jane Soap. I know what you mean. No, to, I know what you're that's, to yeah. be killed, but somebody who is uh, maybe a public figure within a particular circle. You know what I mean? Um, when the effect is bigger, yeah, yeah. Like the, the their personality outweighs their actual person. Yeah. if you get me. Um, and she is used as a sort of feminist icon now in the yeah. music industry with women and stuff like that, Roy Girl and stuff like that. Mm. Um, but it is an absolutely horrible, horrific story. And I hope your man That's uh, has an absolute miserable hope remain, he rots remainder of in life. fucking hell. Yeah, who's your next one? Oh, are you ready? Yeah. This one fucking hurt me, lads. Hurt? This hurt me. Um, the research involved in this is... This is going back to school. Now, I wasn't a big fan of history in school. Um, I like it now. Yeah. But back then... You have was, to be a bit older. You can't be forced history. It was just maths. That's what you remember, like doing history and skill, and I'm from uh, thirteen oh four to thirteen oh four and a half. Well, like I've that numerical dyslexia, so yeah, maths, me too. Maths was cr- I see. Do you have that a bit yeah, of that as well? Yeah, I see all those numbers start uh, getting tired. Now. I can't even like if someone rattles off a phone number mm. in my head. That's already A B C D E F G. Won't you come? Purple, and, yeah, car, exactly. Yeah, 
garbage. Lizard. Yeah, I can't do them. I'm the same. You know, like the credits on the film are, are we the same person. We might be. We need to uh, disagree with more stuff, by the way. Fuck. Can't though. No. Love, let's let's not love, do that. We love good shit. <laughs> um, you know, when you like the credits of a movie are rolling at the yeah. end of it, I start falling asleep. There's something about the movement of really? words. Yeah, yeah. Of like characters on the screen. So if I take up this page and start moving like that, he's gonna sleep. He's gonna sleep, lads. Roy, serious business now. Yeah, this is very interesting. Okay, so it's Anne Boleyn. You're going back. <sighs> Lads. You're she, going back a bit. She's she born in 1501. <sighs> right. Now, Anne Boleyn is famous because she's King Henry VIII's second wife. She is, in theory, the reason that Rome fucking had nothing to do with England anymore. Why England left the Holy Roman fucking Catholic Church and started the Church of England. Right. So... King Henry VIII gets married. Big ceremony. Big ceremony. Fucking here we go. The new fucking Queen of England is in place. Anne Boleyn. She's a looker, ladies and gentlemen. Anne Boleyn is a maid of honour at this wedding. Right? She's already looking. He's already looking over her shoulder. Now, what are you looking at? Over there. Exactly. He did he, when when the priest said, does anyone have any reason that these two should be married? He puts up his hand goes and just points out. That one. Yeah. That one. Now, apparently... Okay, the whole thing is kind of complicated, but it's reasonably straightforward by the end of it, so bear with me. Right. So, Anne is born in England, but she's sent off to be educated in the Netherlands and France. She's called back to England because she's going to get married to her Irish cousin. Right? You don't want to do that. While she's over, she uh, because she's of royal blood or whatever, she is uh, invited. There's a who will never appear on this podcast. Exactly. I'm only joking, there are. Um, there are. She is uh, invited to be the maid of honour at uh, Henry VIII's wedding okay so oh my god it's haunted did you hear that falling over what Henry <laughs> I don't know what that was oh it's it, getting creepy I don't, I'm afraid um, Ooh, I'm that af- was Anne Boleyn I have the afeardness in me so <sighs> Henry's not happy and he wants his marriage annulled and he wants to marry Anne instantly That's. I think it's maybe two years into it right so he uh, tries to get like the Archbishop of Canterbury or whatever the fuck it is to, <laughs> to annul his marriage. It can't be done. So instead, he decides... He's the fucking the dog's bollocks of England. Yeah, but they're still, they're still under the fucking Roman church. So he decides, fuck them then, we'll just start our own church. Oh, this is how it starts. This right. is how it starts. Right? Over a lady. Yeah, exactly. So eventually he ends up being able to get his annulment. And uh, off he goes and he marries Anne. Now, apparently... He offered Anne um, the opportunity to become his like concubine, be his bit on the side. She was having none of it. She's yeah. too good for it. It's like, no, it's fucking whole thing or nothing. Yeah. Now, Anne, by all accounts, was mad into music. Right? He played the lute, collected uh, original sheet music from famous composers. Of that's, the what that's what we'd do if we were back then. Pretty much. There'd be nothing else to do. Like little hipsters. Um, so, there are a couple of pieces of music that are thought to have been written by her. Right now, the most famous one is the one I picked. It's called "Oh Death, Rock Me Asleep." Now, I believe this started life as a poem, and the legend has it that this was written um, while she awaited her death. Now, she was put to death by King Henry because she couldn't bear him a son. She had a, I think she had a daughter and a couple of miscarriages, but she just wasn't producing the goods. Sounds like she was fucking trying though. She was pumping them out. Yeah. But Henry what was a obsessed with having a fucking male heir and she couldn't provide it. 
So it's all gone Game of Thrones. It's all gone very Games of Thronesy. Games of Thronesies. I am. Um, so Henry turns around to uh, his mate, but also Anne's. Henry's Anne's portrait of a serial bastard. Exactly, serial <laughs> asshole. King Henry turns around to whore Besto. He was a good Besto of his. Strangely enough, his name is Thomas Cromwell. There's a real bastard. Yeah. He's the great, 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 great something grandfather uncle of Oliver Cromwell. Oh, if you yeah. killed him instead, <laughs> yeah. we'd all be living in mansions. Or else just a house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I full, mean, it wouldn't have worked. A full country. Yeah. yeah. But like, uh, yeah, so he related to Oliver Cromwell. One of his forebearers. So he turns around to him. If we could do, if we could do an Irish Terminator, I'd go back and get him. <laughs> Black 47, him. Um, Fambo. Famine Rambo, him. Uh, so what happens is Henry turns around to Thomas Cromwell and he says, listen, we have to sort this out. She's not producing the goods and I'm already after having fucking one wife. Right? So we have to figure something out. So Cromwell says, you look after me now and I'll look after you fucking... Let's get this sorted. So they come up with this. They wanked wanked each other off. (laughs) (laughs) Bit of relief. Um, They come up with this absolute mad plan where her her entire family are like, um, they're chased down, they're uh, accused of incest, they're accused of uh, treachery. Her herself is done for treason and witchcraft. Right? And she's put to death. So she's put to death in 1536. She, she was the Queen of England for three years. And that was it. She's put to death by beheading. Yeah, that's right, yeah. All right? Now, what's where it gets even fucking madder is that because she was nobility, they weren't allowed to use the axe. Okay? That was used on Normal regular Joe Soaps. They, yeah. they couldn't use the courts, kind of hangman or, or executioner, and they couldn't use the fucking axe. So they had to come up with a plan. So they sent the France for this expert swordsman who came over with a sword and took her head off in one go. Apparently that's a rarity as well, to be able to take someone's head off with one chop. And he was that good, <laughs> this French swordsman. To be fair, that's a good thing for her. I believe so. You don't want to get half your neck and it's not really yeah. done. You're still yeah. kind of... Uh, I read a thing today that apparently uh, Hitler had this thing where they had a guillotine that they'd use to chop the heads off... Um, uh, state spies and people accused of treason. Yeah. And a couple of years into its use, Hitler um, gave the order that the blade was the, they weren't allowed to sharpen it anymore. Ugh. Yeah, grim. So it took three and four goals of the guillotine to chop people's heads he was off. That evil. Well, he had the, he had the full he had 10 out of 10 in top trumps in he the is. evil category. He is. He's, Hitler. he's up there. Um, but yeah, she was known for high treason and witchcraft. So. Um, the whole thing. That Oliver is, that is a very good selection, by the way. Yeah. Now, the song itself, when I first read this, I was afraid I wouldn't be able to find a version of Odette um, Rock Me Asleep because what, like 15 fucking something, 15, 30 odd. Listen, right? if I can find original Vivaldi recordings, then, yeah. you, can find, <laughs> then you can find this. <clears throat> but I, I did. I found I found two versions of it. Um, one by uh, kind of a modern orchestra. The, the, they have sheet music that did belong to her and mixed in with the sheet music how they thought that she was actually composing was that there were pieces of music that weren't attributed to known composers at the time and they were signed with her name and her family motto right on the sheets so they used that music I believe they used some of that music and they used the lyrics for the poem that apparently she, apparently she wrote while awaiting execution 
in the Tower of London. Right. So that's Anne Boleyn, which is, I, I think that's fucking, yeah. that's, Good choice. It hurt me, but Heads it was off to you. Hats off to you, sir. <laughs> Hats off to you. What the dickens? What in the dickens were they thinking back right. then? Give me your next one, chap. Next one, Sam Cooke. Ooh. Song Chain Gang, which I love. I love that song, Chain Gang. I really do. Let's crack open uh, sort of this poppy. You ready? Oh, yeah. Oh. This is the Polish beer that we love. This is the Polish beer that I bring over here. Commis. Little shout out to... Are we allowed to do that? Yeah, yeah. It's a great beer. Probably not even pronouncing it. No, it's we're Polish. Di- no. <laughs> Right, with a roll Sam Cook. Um, everyone knows Sam Cook, American singer, civil civil activist as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he was killed in 1964. This was three years after he released that song, actually, at the Hacienda Motel in Los Angeles, California. <clears throat> the police were answer, answering a separate call of a kidnapping, and to to this, so the kidnapping was uh, reported at this place. Okay, when they got there, they found his body. Mm. Only wearing a sports jacket and shoes. Mad. Nothing else. Balls out. Everything out. Except the shoulders mm. and his feet. Uh, he sustained a gunshot wound to the chest, which well, later they found out. It, it went into his heart, so that is you mm. tapped out. Yeah. You're, you're not going back from that. Um, shop boy, Bertha Franklin, supposedly, mm. who said that Cook had, it was in self defense. He had broken into her um, office. So what supposedly had happened is he had brought a girl back to the motel and attempted to rape her. Mm. She wasn't into it. And Thankfully, like, like fucking yeah, going for he's pushing her down the bed and she she goes just let me go into the bathroom before you do this. Gets into the bathroom, escapes that way. Yeah, yeah. runs and tries to knock on the actual door of the manager. Mm. Couldn't get any response, so she just legged it. Mm. He comes out in his jacket and shoes, presumably, only knocks on her, knocks on the management and goes, I know she came in here, beats her door down. And she sees a lad in that clothes screaming, bang, dead. Really? Now, that's what most people think. Mm. And it's what I think as well. Okay. Although, there's a little bit more to the story. So it's kind of, it's kind of weird because... When he was being buried, singer Etta James, mm. which was a friend of his, um, said, that doesn't look like he died by a gunshot wound. Really? Because apparently he was missing like lumps of his shoulder and neck and stuff like Jesus. that. It was like looked like he'd been beaten severely, mm. like real badly. And there's a whole sort of speculation that his manager was involved to get rights to his music and stuff like that. Mm. Not they haven't found anything on this yeah, at all. It's so, just so yeah. wonderment. So Bertha Franklin's cleared because it's uh, self defense. You right, can't yeah. fucking really argue no, that. No, uh, no denying it. No denying it. Um, there's kind of a weird thing about Sam Cooke that I found out that he tried it on with Aretha Franklin when she was twelve. Really? Yeah, supposedly. Aretha Franklin's kind of tight lipped on it. Apparently, like she said, oh, it was just uh, sort of romantic. Apparently, this this cat. This is my new word doing cat. I'm bringing that that back as well now. This cat mm. was a absolute womanizer. Just really? loved the mats. Now, there's a lot of rumors about this. Is this because that's the end of the story about yeah. his death? Got shot, got away with it. What weren't there rumors that Michael Jackson was pimped out to Diana Ross as well when he was a young fella? I heard that. Yeah, not pimped out, but she. She asked for him and 
Daddy fucking Jackson sent them in. Like, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Don't know. I don't know how true that is. Now. Don't know. But yeah, um, apparently that little stint in the hotel room with uh, a different hotel room. Yeah. With uh, Aretha Franklin was cut short by her father knocking her going, Is everything okay in there? Yeah. Really? Sam Cook's like, No, no, no. no it's grand. Jesus Christ. Now, not to speak ill of the dead, which we have been doing since we started this. But that but, sounds uh, like it's going back as well. That like. is um, the rumour. Hmm. Um, apparently he was drunk as fuck when he knocked into that door yeah. uh, shouting and screaming going where, where is she mm. I know she's in here that doesn't bode well for him because if she no. was just gone he'd yeah. go oh she just left yeah you're running around with that fucking flu hanging out wearing a sports jacket like you yeah. know what I mean like, it's just not a good look probably full rager <laughs> probably <laughs> like fucking angry boner sw- rage swinging dong pissed out of his mind on whatever yeah I know f- she's in there yeah so what if she was in there yeah, yeah, not looking good. Not happening. No, but that's what I'm saying. But that's that's the story there. The other story was he was there was foul play conspiracy yeah. theory, but uh, absolutely nothing's being found on that. So uh, okay, yeah. Hmm? Bertha Franklin cleared of all charges. Mm. Who's your next one? Uh, another little strange one. It's a guy called String Bean. String Bean was a man uh, from a uh, oh, what's that Australian show? Don't know. The singer. The singer Pugwell Pugwell Pugwash Pugwell No, no Pugwash Pugwash are the Irish band Yeah yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, Pugwell Marmaloid Remember String Beam was in his band The big tall that's bassist That's right That's right Tall people are usually bassists Generally Actually that's, that's No it's, it's true I just put that together in my No head. trust yeah. me Trust yeah. me Most of, If you're if you looking at A load of bands And you have to pick the bassist out Every time yeah. You can always pick out the drummer Because he looks simple Yeah hey. The bassist <laughs> has like Orangutan arms You can always pick out the singer Because he's given more face Yeah yeah, an angle. Face. You can pick up the keyboard player because you can barely see them in the background. Yeah. Or the drummer just holding. <laughs> I always like the, the band photos were like, you know, the lads have guitars or whatever and the, yeah. the singer has a microphone or he has a look and the drummer just has sticks in his hand. Yeah. Fucking always feel bad for them. Do you know when they ever go, we're going to record a, a video out in the uh, desert and the drummer's always like, how the fuck is that going to work <laughs> exactly. for me? Yeah. Or electric, it's worse for the guitarist. They're like, yeah. well, I don't have any hands. There's no such thing as electric. This looks stupid. Yeah. Uh, yes, I go on. <laughs> All right. So, String being. Uh, Bassist from. <laughs> exactly. He was a, an American singer songwriter. He was famous for being a banjo player. And he was what, what's known as like an old timey or a, what do they call it? A claw hammer? A claw hammer banjo player. So, he played with three fingers. That type of an instrument. Yes, isn't it? it's absolute swing. Um, but he got famous. He, actually, what's interesting about him is that he was a singer-songwriter, a famous banjo player. He was a comedian and a semi-professional baseball player. Sounds like Jamie Foxx mixed with O.J. Simpson. <laughs> he was a, a member of the Grand Ole Opry. Oh, yeah. Right, I've is, watched a few of those before. Yeah. Fucking great, man. So, hang on, uh, hang on. Yeah, they have got that is a yeah, they record loads of those. Oh, loads of yeah. them, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not just dreaming that. I didn't no, see no, them. no. Like, he was like a, a, a kind of current, long term, famous member of the Grand Ole Opry. And, and uh, might he win? The film is loosely based on I that, think isn't so. it? Yeah. I think so, yeah. Um, he won his first banjo for breeding a pair of uh, bantam chickens. Uh, he won a competition for chicken breeding when he was a young fella. And he is a, a talented banjo. lad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He won the banjo through that and went, you know yeah. what? Give it a crack. Yeah. So in the 1950s, he had this weird kind of comedy style that was picked up um, for television. Of the, of the, He was on a TV show called Hee Haw, which is kind of a weird uh, music meets comedy 
kind of sketch show. Right, yeah. Now, he was called String Bean because he used to dress him up in like dungarees, but they'd put the waistband of the dungarees around his knees, so it looked like his entire body was joined and his legs were tiny. So he had this weird kind of... It's a bit talking headsy, isn't it? A little bit, yeah. yeah. He had that kind of thing going on. So uh, because he grew up in the Great Depression, he never trusted banks. And he also grew up living extraordinarily kind of frugally. So he didn't spend any money whatsoever. His, uh, he had a Cadillac and he had a colour television. And that was it. And he lived in a cabin in the woods in Tennessee. And that yeah. was it. He was born in Kentucky and he lived in Tennessee. Now, bear in mind, while all this was happening, he's like on television, a major star in the Grand Ole Opry. Like he's very well known, putting albums out left, right and centre. Like uh, he's singing, he's playing banjo, he's playing banjo on other people's records. He's doing well for himself. Yeah. But he lives in a fucking cabin in the woods with nothing, a bit of electricity to power his colour television, which is about as fucking good as it got for him. So in 1973, he's still doing Grand Ole Opry, he's still doing fucking shows, he's doing well. He uh, goes back to his cabin with his wife, drives home, and there's a... Uh, two people waiting in the cabin for him. They've read all right. the fucking interviews. They've heard all the reports that he doesn't trust Brad Banks because he grew up in the Great Depression. Oh, they know right. he keeps under the mattress. They think they've got all the fucking money hidden in there. But after pulling the place apart, they cannot find out whatsoever. So him and his wife come home, walk into the house. They're after finding one of his guns. Right? Right. He was mad for guns. Had a lot of guns hidden around the house. And uh, the minute he walked in, they shot him in the head, killed him. And uh, the wife started crying. And they asked her where the money was. She fucking begged for her life, screaming the whole shebang. Uh, they ended up shooting her, I think, twice, killing her as well. Um, they ended up running away, and they got nothing but the gun that they stole to shoot him and her with, and the chainsaw. They found no money. And it was about, I think, a couple Thank of God months later. they didn't later. the chainsaw. I know. Well, they were dead already by the time they found the chainsaw. The chainsaw, to be honest, just sounds like one of those, we can't leave here empty-handed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. We can get 20 quid for a chainsaw type of thing. They found no money. After pulling his little cabin completely like apart. Didn't need to kill them. Didn't need to kill them at all. He probably, chances are he probably would have given them a few quid. I hate murderers. Yeah, that they are no crack. But lads were, uh, the lads were arrested. Um, and one of them still alive. He was released in 2014. Wow. And one of them died in 2003. Um, there were two two cousins, the guys, who, uh, who killed Stringbean and his wife. Apparently they were bragging about it and showing off the gun and somebody recognised the gun and that's how they were tied into the murder in the fourth place. Um, Snitching on your own self. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> just get conditions. Um, yeah, so that's Stringbane, which is, uh, again, more zero crack. Uh, just a little weird one. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the fact that like one of them is still alive, like released a couple of years ago from jail for killing somebody. Now, apparently of the two, one of them claimed even to be the murderer and the other guy was just like an accomplice but apparently under uh, Tennessee law it doesn't really matter whether you're an accomplice or you actually pull the trigger it's the same job yeah that's a lot of places I'd say I think so that's String Bane who's your next one my next one's Kirsty McCall the English singer songwriter Mm. and most famous obviously for Fairy Tale New York but uh, she has also got absolute bangers as well Mm. she's a great song written by um, Billy Bragg New England mm. but I picked Free Worlds because I really really like this song really fast paced song I bought her greatest hits I'd say about 15 years ago mm. this is a song that really stood out to me um, <clears throat> this goes down as an accidental death 
Okay. However, it's a little bit more complicated than that. So she was uh, doing a presentation for a radio program in Cuba. Mm. So she went to Mexico to uh, just a little holiday with her family. And they were going diving. And as she was coming up, she saw a powerboat moving at massively high speed mm. coming towards her and her family. So she pushed her son out of the way to save him, but took the full brunt of, of the speedboat. Fuckity fuck, yeah, fuck. It's fucking, it's horrific, horrific. Now, her son was, was, was ba- badly hurt as well, boy, but um, thankfully, thankfully it was okay. Mm. Um, she died instantly. You, you don't, you don't survive that. So her bro- body was brought back to England, stuff like that. And they had um, a humanist funeral and stuff like that. Yeah. The powerboat that was involved in it was owned by a guy called Kiermo Gonzalez. Mm. Um, he's a multi-millionaire president of uh, a commercial Mexican supermarket chain. Oh, right. So that's when people start to go, okay. Mexican Tesco. Mexican Tesco. Te- Texaco. Texaco. No, that's a, nah. that's a garage. Petrol, yeah. Yeah. So it was one of his employees uh, on the boat. Sen Yam said it was me driving it and he lost control of it. Um, it, it, it people were saying it's just you, you shouldn't have been going that fast yeah. in that area. You definitely weren't supposed yeah. to be. Probably in Absolutely. the bay, like. Yeah, exactly. If, if you're doing that, around the area, people are resourced from diving. I don't, I don't think they go out massively too far for it. Right? This is. I think so. This is. It, it, it got to the court case anyway where he was done for culpable homicide mm. sentence for two years and 10 months in prison. Um, he was allowed to pay under Mexican law a fine of a thousand pesos. Fuck which off! Which is sixty three. Yeah, I was going to say that's under hundred. Yeah, yeah. In lieu of a prison sentence. Get the fuck out of here, in Mexico. That's fucking mental, Mexico. This, that's actually not. That's not even my Mexican story. More Mexico after this. Fuck. Mexico um, is a prime fucking player in this yeah. podcast, isn't it? So he was ordered to pay uh, two grand in restitution to the family. Mm. Again, absolutely fuck off. Now a lot of cost more than that to get the fucking body home. Yeah, a lot of people said that it wasn't the uh, the employee driving it at all. He took the hit. Oh, could cool, be. Yeah. Look out, sir. Yeah. So that is for me. That's dirty. Uh, a de- it's not murder, mm. but it's definitely uh, not an accidental. As it what seems. do they call it's it? Manslaughter. Manslaughter, exactly. Like that. Wow, That's manslaughter. An extremely fucking sad story. Like that, really is. I have a lot of time for Kirsten McCall. I really like her voice. That's no fairy tale. That's. Um, <sighs> You had to get one in. I'm gonna do this to you next. Me look, me look, me look bad. And I'm not gonna do that. Yeah. So that's um. <laughs> fuck you. What's your next one? <laughs> uh, oh, grimness. The grimmest I think so far. I want to see you making jokes about your own one. I will. The joke is in the the title of the song. So it's a band called House of Freaks. Oh uh, yeah. You know this. Yeah. Do, if, yeah. if you're our age, you know this song. This is like one of those kind of. 1990s fucking MTV college radio songs. So the band's called House of Freaks. It was a two-piece band. The song is called When the Hammer Came Down. Right, here we go. All right. <laughs> so What's your man's name again? His name is Brian Harvey. Brian, Brian Harvey, yeah. Not, not from not E7 E7 Brian, Brian, Harvey. Brian Harvey, no. The OG Brian Harvey. So uh, House of Freaks were a two-man band from Richmond, Virginia. Uh, they've done really well I think they put two albums out it's this weird mix of kind of folk rock and blues and that generic 90s kind of alternative music that was doing the rounds they weren't a million miles off like the Pixies when they were being a little bit faster and heavier Uh, the band 
they broke up and they I think they'd done stuff together and they all they went off done other stuff and it just I think the two lads kind of remained friends for a while but yeah. uh, this is real fucked up so one day yeah, this was a violent one wasn't oh, it oh fuck me man so the drummer um, like I said it's a two piece band the drummer is uh, driving by Brian Harvey's house one right. day I see smoke coming out of it okay so he calls 911 Cops arrive, and they find Brian Harvey, his wife, and his two, two young daughters killed. Oh, I didn't know it was more than that. Yeah, Jeez. four of them Fuck. in the basement, right? Um, they had been, I think they had bags put over their head. They were killed with hammers, and then they had their throat slit. And you picked that song? Yes. I mean, it'd be hard not to, to be fair. To be, I'm going to let me Let me link them up. Like. Now, they were killed... In what was known as the 2006 Richmond Spree murders, the two lads that done it uh, killed seven people in total. Looked like they were kind of based on the BTK jobbies. I don't know. I don't know. It was, it was two lads, and basically they went around uh, for seven days for an entire week just killing people. Loads of people, like? Uh, seven Fucking in total. Hell. Uh, seven people in seven days. Uh, so, and that's not, like, it's not one a day, because Harvey's family's four of them, so there's three more. Now, there was a woman indicted as well that was involved with the two lads. She might have been setting some of it up. And uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's famous in America as one of these weird, they call them spree murders, but one or more people just ends up, for no apparent reason, just gets it into their heads that they're going to do some robbing, but it'd be easier if they just killed the people. Yeah. They, they take their time then and despite the fact that they had them in the basement tied up and they were not going to do anything to yeah. stop the robberies yeah no, those scumbag killers yeah so. like apparently they killed Brian first I think uh, I think they killed him and then a bit like Brian Wilson from uh, Beach Boys actually mm. a little bit a little bit yeah uh, I think they killed, killed the daughters last and they stabbed one of the daughters like seven times or something like that like, yeah, ab- robbery is just yeah. a fucking bullshit exactly. story about this. now apparently when they were interviewed afterwards um they admitted themselves they were like it just got out of control and at one stage we didn't even know like we knew we were doing it but it's it was completely unnecessary like they knew like they didn't seem they're absolutely mad but I don't think they were psychopaths you know what I mean like they, they I know I know this, like when you read the what interview the dickens are you talking about <laughs> when you read the interviews with the lads that committed the murders they know they done wrong and they feel like they weren't even, like they knew, how do I even put it into words? Like, obviously I'm not defending them, they're the worst people. But they felt like they themselves knew that they were out of control. But it was almost like they had to keep out controlling each other, you know? So it had to keep getting worse and worse. So it just, it got so out of control that after they uh, fucking tried the, I don't even know whether anything was missing from this yeah. house. And they tried to burn the house down, they lit fire. I think they cover try and cover their tracks. Hence the drummer seeing the smoke and calling nine one one. Right, yeah. It could have ended up like it could have been a fire, and those deaths were just masked. We never, uh, we never would have known. I don't know. Stab wounds and, and I th- well, all depends on what's left. Yeah, it depends on what was left. Yeah, I you know, I, I think they can get that. But yeah, more than yeah. Like, that's, that's what they were thinking. Bro. I yeah, think yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah. Like that, that's they're, they're so wild and out of control. Yeah. So they just fucking set the house on fire and run. But yeah, they they, they killed uh, three more people within a seven-day uh, period after killing Brian Harvey and his family. And that, the whole thing is just completely unnecessary. Yeah. Um, like you said, robbery is one thing, murder is another. 
but to like use one as an excuse for the other and to kill the wipe out an entire fucking family. Yeah. And and someone who like musically had a lot going for him as well. Like he was working with producers, he had a couple of solo albums out. I think he was working on another solo album. Like this song is very good. I I I kind of forgot about this song and then I listened to it and I remembered it. I didn't remember all of it. Is this their big song? This is their big song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think they have one more that's pretty big, but this is the one that you would have heard. Yeah, way like Beavis and Butthead era fucking yeah, yeah time, yeah. you know. But uh, yeah, that's uh, Brian Harvey, the band was House of Freaks. But yeah, him and his entire family killed yeah. in that basement with hammers, knives, and plastic bags. Fucking horror. The fucking her- most horrific. Right, who's next? Next one is Selena. 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 Uh, Selena. Quintilla Perez. Okay. No, not Quintilla. Quintilania. I find it very hard to pronounce anything because of me, me your shit education. Shit. No, I was terrible. At <laughs> your shite Irish education. Quintalina, Quintalina. Okay, Quintal. Let me see. I'm gonna read it upside down. Quint, uh, Quint. I can't see. Where is it? Quintanilla. Yeah, I don't yeah. think that's it. Yeah. Um, she was like <coughs> an absolute Mexican superstar, mm. and so she's like. Singer, songwriter, spokesperson, model, actress. You know when they in yeah. Mexico they have yeah. all of the it, bang, yeah. and they just mark this person because they are mm. talented at all of it. Um, and fashion designer, and that kind of comes into it later yeah. as well. She was called the Queen of Tejano music, and um, she is genuinely one of the most popular people in uh, in Mexico. I didn't know much about her until it's kind of a weird story. The reason I know of her was, do you remember Arrested Development, the TV show? Yeah. About 10 years ago, or whenever that was coming out, they had a, a Mexican TV show in that. Like a telenovela. Yeah, yeah, called uh, L'Amour Prohibito. Yeah. And I remember Googling... Forbidden love. Yeah, I remember Googling that before to find out, like... like Is it real? No, no, no. Just like, there was, there was a few funny scenes that I wanted to reference. And then this is the first thing that came up. And she has a song called that, a mass- oh. massively huge song in Mexico called that. So it was kind of like... I remember years ago kind of thinking oh, that's kind of mad clicking on the links going oh Jesus Christ that's mm. kind of crazy so um, she had the boutiques going and they were going really huge so our family hired someone called Yolanda Saldivar to manage the boutiques Yolanda Saldivar Saldivar no I got that one got that one that's an easy one if you go over a certain amount of letters even no matter how many yeah. times I practice it before yeah, the I podcast still gonna fuck it up. I mean, the problem is you practice it in your head and then what comes out of your mouth is completely different I like to think that that's how my life works. Pretty much. Most of the time. She's hired to do, um, to manage the boutiques. And she's not very good at it because she's a mentalist. Mm. And uh, a lot of her family are coming to see and going, we're losing a lot of staff members. She's firing everybody. She's mm. not getting on with anybody at all. Mm. So Selena, being the nice person she is, decides to hire her as her agent. Great move. No. Yeah, no. Solid move. So... Her family are still by 1995 gone. You need to, uh, like a year later, you, you need to get rid of her. She's not a good person. Yeah. She's losing you massive amount of money. Mm. She's like, no, she's a really good friend of mine. I really like having her around. She's my think best, she, though. I think she thought that she was part of her success. Getting It was musically, she was getting even yeah. bigger then, but that yeah. stage, and she was like, no. She's a part of her. Or a part of, yeah, right, just don't, yeah. don't want don't to mess around with that. Um, The family then started getting phone calls from the fan club saying we're giving all this money to the fan we're not getting anything back at all we're not getting mm. anything people from the boutique are saying money has gone missing as well fuck so she still didn't want to 
like kind of break up friendship or stuff like this. Like, so this is obviously someone who's just feeding her bullshit the yes. whole time. And the family are going, also, she's weirdly obsessed with it. Like, there's some of the stuff that she's coming out with and saying is just, just, just be really careful around this, this yeah. girl. So, what happened was, she finally went, right, I'll talk to her. She went, I need to get, I need for the, for the courts and uh, all the people that are asking where this money is, I need to get the documents off yeah. you as to where this money went. Paperwork me. So, just before, I think there was, wasn't there a hearing or something like that? Let me see. This was a hearing where she had to put up documents and your woman said to Selena, she goes, I can't, um, I can't give you those documents. I got, I got raped. Hmm. I can't do that. And, uh, she went really shit okay so she brought her to the clinic and all that stuff like that she really stood by her through all this stuff even though there was just waffle coming out about where yeah. all the she was basically trying to hold off treading water hold, yeah. yeah treading water yeah. so finally in um, she went up to meet her in a hotel and the mentalist Yolanda pulls out a gun there shoots her in the back as she's running away fuck yeah so the uh, whatever it, it hit her shoulder you would think maybe okay but once it hits an artery Bled out, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, instantly and stuff like that. Um, she tried to escape and stuff like that, but the police were already from the reports already on her. Really? Yeah, that's why she'd be getting watched like a hog if she's involved in something yeah, like I, that. Maybe our family were like, yeah. So there was three thousand people outside the hospital. She's huge. Like this is genuine. Like I know we don't know much about her. Yeah. I didn't know much about her. Like absolutely stumbled onto that by absolute coincidence. Mm. Um. She was convicted in 1995, uh, Saldivar, obviously, first-degree murder, sentenced to life in prison with the possibility of parole after 30 years, which would be in six years' time. All right. Um, hope she doesn't. Although, this is another... This is mm. another one of those ones where that's a massive mental illness. Yeah. And less of an evil, even though she was... In, just broken person. Embezzling. Can you use embezzling on a smaller scale like this, is that... It is embezzling. It is embezzling. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Even so, fan club stuff. It doesn't matter. You yeah. Take a five hour out of the tail. You're embezzling. Like yeah. So the song I picked actually was um, "Dreaming of You," which is a really, really good eighties mm. pop song. So she had that crossover of just Americanized style yeah, yeah. pop music as well. I was going to put "Lamar Prohibito," but it's 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 one of those difficult Spanish songs. Mm. Oh, you know me and Latin music. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hurts some, really, some, some of it. Some of it hurts. It's not my thing. I don't understand the language. Mm. Uh, that is a really sad story about someone who just this girl seems like a genuinely lovely person it, that tried yeah. to really just go no she's a friend of mine you know what I mean but eventually that's going to lead to bringing somebody in under your wing who just fucking literally yeah, that like, level, stabs you in the back that with, level a, of, with a bullet the level of, of obsession is one thing but stealing is different mm. that's a kind of different kind of sort of meanness as well, well so I you think can be obsessed and what I think what was going to go on was she knew she was fucked yeah. And she knew that Selena was going to go, you're fired, I can't live anymore. Yeah. And it's more like, if like, if not, if I can't have you, no one can. Well, think about it this way. If, if Selena herself said that, like, I need this person, she's part of the reason why yeah. I'm doing so well. And even if that woman was, like, on a decent wage, she'd, she's seen what Selena is making from all of her different endeavours. And if oh, she's yeah, involved... Yeah, but she's involved in some way in all of that. Like she's gonna want, she's gonna want more. She thinks she's like, yeah. It, I, I, I think that almost everyone put in a position like that. I'm not gonna, I'm not saying they're gonna murder somebody, but I think that anybody put in a position like that is gonna look at the person they're helping to make millions. Well, they're on a grand a week or whatever it is. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They're gonna, they're gonna see them. Oh, I'm going to fucking 
and going off on my on my fucking yacht for a week to sail around Barbados, you know, can you uh, file that paperwork while I'm gone? Yeah, that you're, could be, yeah. You're going to be a you know little bit You're not on the same level as exactly. me. Exactly. And, and especially be, then, be forward, yeah, you, you want to be up there with them to a degree. Yeah. You, you're not the talented one. You're, you're in the support role, yeah. you know, but you mix that in then with some good old-fashioned fucking mental illness. This is what happens when you get, like, now I don't know when she was hired for the boutique, whether she's a super fan at that stage. Yeah. I think she was. I think that's how you get, you yeah. get in and stuff like that. But um, running that, losing a massive amount of money for her, for, she was firing staff level. They had to reduce the amount of places they had because yeah. they were losing staff yeah. over this one person. Then gets made agent, which just made everything mm. far worse. Embezzling money from the fan clubs and stuff like that. Um, that's a kind of sad story. Yeah. Uh, will she get out? Jesus. Yeah, she might. She might. be murdered in Mexico. Probably she'll have to fuck off. She'll, be, she'll, she'll have to fuck yeah. the fuck out of Mexico. Straight up. Yeah, so uh, who's your next one? Uh, my next one is probably, quite possibly the most famous music murder of all time, I think. It's definitely top five. John Lennon? No, I didn't want to go near him. I thought we didn't last year. It's kind of yeah. mad that we didn't go, but we, yeah. we picked him. We were talking about him a couple of weeks ago last yeah. week. Depending on when you listen to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I, well, <coughs> this is up there. This is one of the most famous ones. This is uh, Tupac. Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. I had yeah. to do Tupac. Um that's up there with John Lennon, definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, considering that we picked kind of obscure ones to make it a little more, more interesting, because again, there's only so much I can say about Tupac. Yeah, they've made they've made full movies about actual movies of John Lennon and stuff like that yeah. uh, with Jared Leto as the the killer and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, um, they've made Tupac movies. They've there's been yeah. Uh, there must no, be, but this is this. There, yeah, no. I'm glad you picked it. There must be a hundred Tupac documentaries as well. So, yeah. like the, the basic gist of it is that so Tupac is born in 1971. Tupac is a weird character. The reason I picked Tupac... He is a strange yeah. guy. His talents are so... Yeah, it's it's mad weird. Like The reason I picked Tupac over someone like Biggie, because I think Tupac as a character is more interesting than Biggie Smalls. Like, oh, Tup- absolutely. Like, Tupac went to college. Like, he was, like, well-educated. Photographed doing ballet. Yes. Which you, you just... Not not to be fucking... I just wouldn't expect yeah. it. I just genuinely wouldn't expect it. For someone who was... And the gas thing was, people go, you know, oh, ballet and all that. But he was as serious as yes. he said everything he yeah, said. 100%. He really was. Yeah, absolutely. I just... I'm not a bad actor as well. He's perfectly fine. Yeah. In fact, one of the reasons he's so big is because of the acting end of things. <clears throat> he went to college to study fashion design. Um, he was doing acting classes on the side and drama. As yeah. you said, he done ballet. He... I think he took an interest in music at a young age, but what's interesting about Tupac is that he became almost not a parody, but he was a victim of like a reflective society. I think absolutely, and that you can tell that he played up to that. Like. Yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. He saw, he saw what was happening in the music scene that he wanted to be a part of, and he just took on that guys, like he acted his way into becoming the most famous kind of gangster rapper, essentially, of all time, you know? Like, he had that. Well, he is. Yeah. Like, but he wasn't a gangster. Like, he, he faked his no, way into he it. Did. He was involved in mad shit, but that came second to him injecting himself into this world, yeah. you know? So, uh, the, 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 you've seen the documentaries. If you haven't, the basic gist of it is that one of Tupac's friends gets mugged outside, uh, I think it's a recording studio or a, or a cafe or a club, and he has a Death Row Records. Uh, everybody who joins Death Row Records is given a chain with a logo on him, and a friend of his has the chain snatched one day. They know who done it. 
um, there's another kind of figure in the, the LA gangland music scene um, <clears throat> he gets away kind of nothing really taught more about it except keep your eye out for that guy yeah and we see him we'll sort it out so Tupac goes to Las Vegas um, in 1986 to watch Tyson versus uh, true, Selden yeah. and he goes to Shugnoy who's the owner of uh, Death Row Records while they're in the lobby after the boxing match one of Tupac's entourage sees the guy yeah. who snatched the chain so this whole the whole thing is actually caught on CCTV yeah you can, I saw yeah. Yeah, you can watch it on YouTube you can give him a few stamps he, as well. yeah yeah there's a, there's a big melee in the lobby fucking punches are thrown kicks are thrown smacks are thrown and almost I think because there wasn't necessarily violence involved in the chain snatching it was almost that was coin. enough to that was enough for like it was the it was a payback for the chain to be kept up you yeah. know what I mean now after this, Tupac and Shug... Um, Shug is so, probably in his ear going, you can do that, take him, you can take him. Shug needs a fucking scumbag. He's um, altogether, wasn't he? Yeah, he's... he's still is, but he's in, is he still in prison? Uh, I think he's still in prison now, yeah. Uh, Shug Knight is... We, we should, at some stage, do an entire... There is a whole podcast. Death Row that, podcast, yeah. Really we, we really should, it's amazing. Even the, the Vanilla Ice story alone is enough. The Vanilla Ice versus Shug Knight on a balcony um, story is absolute golden. But... Uh, Tupac was there with his girlfriend and he was supposed to be in the back seat with his girlfriend and the driver, he had his own driver, the driver was going to uh, drive them to, Shugnoy had a club, the club was called Club 662 in Las Vegas. Is that a, a police, I don't know, a it might be a police code <laughs> for something, I'm not sure. Uh, but Shug says, no, listen, you get in the car with me. Shug had this brand new BMW, this lovely BMW. And uh, so Tupac says, listen, to his driver listen you take my girlfriend follow us we're going to head up to Shug's club for a couple of hours this is like fucking 3 o'clock in the morning 4 o'clock yeah. in the morning um, after hanging out in the uh, in the casino in, in, in Vegas so they're driving along to the club they stop at a traffic light and I think a white Cadillac um, a white Cadillac pulls up beside them or a Cadillac I can't remember if it's white but a Cadillac pulls up beside them just opens fire just fucking riddles the entire car to bits two packers hit uh, twice in the chest once in the arm once in the leg, and bullet fragments that bounced around the car hit Shug in the head. What's well, um, on the shoulder? Yeah, well, he gets in the head, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's what I read. Here's the problem with Tupac's story. The Tupac story is almost impossible to get the same story twice of two different people. Absolutely. It is an so absolute yeah. quagmire of shite, yeah. is what it is. It's at the, the, there's loads of other things that people go, it could have been because yeah. of this, yeah. it could have been because of this, exactly. it could have been Shug Knight, or it's mad yeah. stuff. There's, there's a million tales that can be told, and still to this day, are being told. Like apparently fucking Tupac's in like Nicaragua at the moment, running around jogging at night. Like there's still photos of fucking Tupac, to this day, because he used the moniker Machiavelli. Yeah, faked his own death. Faked his own death. Yeah. I mean, when so like the whole thing is fucking insane. Um, like you go online, I guarantee you, six times a year there are new photos of Tupac or a hologram. They fucking the fourth ever hologram Tupac, yeah. I believe. Now they're doing it with uh, doing it Roy Orbison now. But uh, yeah, like still to this day, there was a story came out like three weeks ago, but a woman who knew Tupac back in the day, who apparently met him at a party like six months ago and when he walked past her she turned and said Tupac and he just ran away 
Now, again, this is all fucking... It's 99.9% absolute shite. Yeah. But he ran away, and she ran outside after him. And she said, Tupac, I met you in like 19 fucking 93 at such and such a party. I thought you were absolutely dead. I thought you were absolute brown bread in the ground, right? So, uh, he apparently, she said, he turned around and said, yeah, I remember. You, know, you were there with blah, 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 blah. Kissed her on the forehead, got into his car and burned off. Now, fucking nonsense. Tupac's dead as fuck, right? Dead as fuck. There's the, I don't care. I would love Tupac to be alive. You know what I mean? Didn't he release more albums posthumously? There's a big thing with Tupac. I guarantee you there's some sort of like Tupac association with his ma and his family and record labels where they have decided that Tupac is to be the most famous rapper to have ever lived. Therefore, like he, he that, that fucker went into the studio for like three weeks at a time and just song after song yeah. after song after song pumped him out. That's why 90% of Tupac songs are shite. This is a big problem. Yeah, I've got to be honest with you. Like, that's the little bit of the reason that I think I prefer Biggie. It's a smaller amount of songs, and I think they're quality over quantity. To a degree, yeah. Now, Biggie also suffered from fucking posthumous production. Um, uh, Eminem got his hands on a lot of Tupac stuff and Biggie stuff. Um, the worst thing that happened to Biggie Smalls Puff Daddy, but it was also the best thing that happened to Biggie Smalls Puff Daddy. But... Uh, anyway, that, that's for another podcast. He might never have been discovered. Yeah, that is that is definitely yeah. Like, that whole field we didn't that, even mention Biggie yeah, too much in yeah. it because that is. But uh, yeah, so Tupac dies uh, six days later. He's, he has to be put into a barbiturate coma to try and heal him. Now apparently, while they bring him into the hospital, he's not too bad. He's going to talk and, and fuck really. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Now bear in mind, Tupac had been shot a bunch of times beforehand. Like yeah, we were. I, I thought you were going to talk about that. Yeah, actually. he'd been shot before. Um, and all of us survived, you know. So I think a lot of people thought I'd be fine. Like Tupac's been shot yeah. at fucking ten times, like in the last six yeah. years, uh, because again he kept injecting himself into this world that he wasn't really a part of. Because yeah. his mother was a Black Panther, and fucking like he kind of grew up hard to a degree. But his mother yeah, also, yeah, exactly. But his mother like broke her arse to make sure that he was wasn't brought up the same way she was. You yeah. Know? Um, that he was given the best things in life, arts and fucking, you know, access to culture. And he, he took that and he ran with it. You know, his culture at the time, uh, like the black culture at the time was the beginnings and like the, the, the swell of that socio-political gangster rap. Yeah. Where you had, you had loads of gangster rap that was like your NWA, shoot people in the face, blah, 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 blah. And then you had Tupac who was so... Like so creative and output so much stuff and was certainly was really good. He was he so was good, absolutely brilliant. Like as a lyricist and a rapper, he was fucking incredible. Yeah. However, he suffered from everything being diluted. Now I picked Hail Mary. I think Hail Mary is one of his best songs. Toss him up and Hail Mary for me are outrageous. Or like, how do you want it? Even though it's a pop song, yeah. Like there's just there's so, there's a lot of really good Tupac stuff, but. His lyrics are a killer. He, he's, but that's the whole thing. Like when he when he was put into jail, fucking in jail a couple of times, once for being accused of rape, I think he might have got away with that in the end mm. um, for the hotel rape. I think they proved that in the end that it wasn't him. Um, but he, he just sits there with notepads, banging out lyrics, minute after minute, hour Which after hour. Which is <laughs> fucking harder yeah. than it looks. Yeah. I put the lyrics for a song the other day. How did he write? Did, like Rap songs have about 10 times more lyrics than your average song yep average rock song yep. 10 times at least you bang and, bang and his lyrics were genuinely brilliant they were but yeah the murder's never solved to this day it's still it's one of these uh, the police know more than anyone but they you well, know, the, you'll never 
yeah. The, the, there's one guy, I can't remember his fucking name. One guy who's had the finger pointed at him fucking 50 times as being their guy. Yeah. And they have interviews with him on camera. Not denying the death. You know what I mean? Not denying yeah. the murder. You know what I mean? That type of shit. Now, he also could be saying this just to make him, to big himself up. But anyway, Sell he... Them books. Exactly. Tupac dies six days after he gets put into a coma. Uh, he's cremated. His uh, group, uh, the... Outlaws. Digital Underground. Said, yeah, that's where he's, one of the places <laughs> he started as well. Um, his group take his um, ashes and they smoke it. In the Is grave. that bollocks though? No, apparently that's a real thing. Really? They, yeah, they sprinkled that on joints and smoked it, yeah. Um, <sighs> but yeah, listen, the two-back story is mad interesting. It's just almost being done to death. Boom, boom, but dear, dear. you should actually go go and watch some two back documentaries. Go and watch that. The movie's not good, but no, it, it ex- at least explains a timeline. The Biggie, there, Biggie movie is good, but the, that that Biggie two pack movie that's on Netflix is this a documentary? That, that, the, no, it's it's not. Uh, there's a documentary that's very good. That's and good. Then there's there's an acted one that's actually very good as well, told from the police perspective. Yeah, and that's that's pretty decent as well. But again, no one if they do know, nobody's coming forward. But that's two pack. I had to do that. Here's yeah. your next one. Marvin Gaye. Ooh, what's going on? What's going on is the song. Good. Right. Everyone knows he's shot by his dad. I'm not going to go into Believe it or not, I don't think a lot of people know that. Really? Yeah, I think you know? I think music heads know. Oh, was, he was gonna, I was, you know, it's good to start off the precursor about yeah. the, around the situation. Mm. I just figured it was no point in beating and I, around, insulting people with beating around exactly. the bush about who did it. But I also think that people who do know that he was shot by his dad don't know anything about the lead up or why or how yeah well it's kind of um, his dad was a bit of a fucking hard head mm. like a fucking hard case and he went he went on record like this the family said this he, his famous saying was anytime he got into an argument with his kids I brought you into this world I'll take you out of it mm. it's true though because he was Marvin Gaye in 1984 was in his bedroom which is kind of mad. Bedroom, maybe, I don't know whether he was visiting his parents or he actually lived there. I doubt he actually lived there. No, no way, no way. Although he had a lot of financial troubles. We'll get into a little bit mm. later because there's a, f- a story about that as well. Um, his dad was looking for some sort of insurance claim in form and he kept going into the mag on, where's that form? She's like, I don't know where it is. I don't know where it is. Fighting all night till Marvin Gaye finally comes in and goes, what the fuck's going on here? Mm. Stop fighting. And he goes, get the fuck back in your room. <laughs> tell him at that age, tell them to go back in You're your room. You're Marvin Gaye. Imagine yeah. telling your son. Yeah. Marvin Gaye. So apparently he did. Though, the Brock Lesnar of soul. Yeah. You know what I mean? So apparently he did. Goes back in. They keep fighting. Sounds like it's getting escalated. He goes in and starts kicking lumps out of that. Like properly. Like the man went on record saying he was like, wow. Yeah. Gave him a proper fucking beat down. Dad came back in with the gun. I think it's a gun I think it's a gun that Marvin Gaye gave gave to his dad I think so. yeah. it was one shot it as well is. wasn't it yeah one shot yeah um, he was shot in he was shot in the chest I think it was a chest shot in the heart I think him. yeah I um, believe if I remember correctly no sorry it was left shoulder and, and heart yeah, yeah a point point blank range yeah, right on top of him with a rifle his um, dad that's fucking talk about mental illness like I know some families fight you know yeah. what I mean like I've had but what I want to, I, you can't find this information anywhere, but yeah. I really would like to know, is that something he grew up with? Hearing that all the time? Probably. Did he More than batter likely. the man? Yeah. I do, I do, you all know, know he did shoot someone. Yeah. You don't know if he was... It's like the time you stop your man battering you with a wooden spoon. You know, when you're like 15. The hand know, goes up. Yeah, you grab it. Revolution. Exactly. Hang on. I'm bigger Revolution. Than you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, but that which I da. 
You know what I mean? If your dad has to be giving your ma awful grief your entire life, and you realise. Like, because yeah. some people get, I've seen it before, where some people get, like, big and strong enough to be able to go up against someone who has physically dominated them their yeah, entire life, but yeah. mentally they're not able. But you have to imagine, like, Marvin fucking gay. But the good thing about that is, like, and that's a good point, because I think even, yes, you've heard of stories and you've seen movies about people who, even if they are huge, tearing over their parents, yeah. haven't got this, this psychological, still a psychological thing, goes, I can't do it. So... But he did apparently kick absolute shreds out of that. Like, that was probably just the absolute done. And the dad da- da comes back in and, and fucking shoots him. Fuck. Um, I think another kind of strange story about Marvin Gaye was, um, do you remember the, the story? The, the, sorry, I say story. It's like a, a myth. A legend. A, a legend myth about the album, Here My Dear. Yes. Where he, he had married Barry Gordy, who we mentioned a few times. <laughs> married his sister. And his capoeira skills. Sister or daughter. Anna, Anna Gordy. Sister, I think. Yeah. Um, and then when they were getting divorced, he had to pay a certain amount of alimony that he just simply didn't have yeah, the yeah. money. So the story is the judge said, you have to give her every penny from the album. Really? Your next album. That's the story. So he releases a garbage album called "Here, My Dear." Yeah, this this um, this is part of this. Um, this is, I'm not saying it's a garbage album. So, and the album was, you know, it didn't make any money. Mm. At that part of the story is true, but and everyone goes, "Isn't that so clever on Marvin Gaye to pay alimony?" So, like, I don't think it's clever. is it though. Just no, it's not. Just really your fucking legacy. Yeah, as yeah, well, like. yeah, yeah. Now that's not true. Okay, we've. we've I've had a little bit of a fucking look into that because I always used to tell that story to people. Yeah. Like, That's crazy. So I released an album called Here My Dear, which mm. definitely is dedicated to her, and it's all like, a huge amount of the team of the album yep. is about is about that relationship. But that's not really true, in the sense that he didn't. The judge said you owe her this amount of money. Mm. He said I can't pay that right now, but I have a new album coming out. I'll pay the rest from the oh, proceeds right, yeah, yeah. of that. So the album isn't garbage. It's up there with one of his highly rated albums mm. after the fact. Um, and he had to pay anyway. Mm. So a lot of people think that's a fucking genius idea here, my yeah. dear. And he released the garbage album because he has to give a whore whatever makes up that doesn't make any. Now, mm. That album is critically acclaimed, but commercially did absolutely nothing. Yeah, yeah. But he still had to pay that money. So that's a kind of little yeah. a little myth dispelled about that album there. Mm. And that is, uh, that's the death of Marvin Gaye, shot by his dad, who said... I'll bring you into this world and I can take you out. And he did. He stayed true to his word. He is a... Yeah, I'd say... Doesn't seem like a nice character, that... that uh, no, he absolutely doesn't. No, bit of a Michael Jackson's Joe, Joe Jackson? Uh, no. Look at this Joe. Is though. it? Yeah. Not the Joe Jackson yeah, yeah. that we know and love, yeah. though. Oh. Different for girls. Exactly. Uh, uh, who's the next one? Who's your last one, is it? My last one, yeah. Uh, their last one. Uh, it's a guy called uh, DJ Scott LaRock Scott who Rock, yeah. was the DJ in Boogie Down Productions now this I know is, the name but I don't know anything about uh, Boogie this, Down Productions is where KRS-One came from oh yeah so KRS-One was one of the rappers in Boogie Down Productions remind me again what KRS-One stands for because it's class whoop. I can't remember it's knowledge I actually read this and it's oh, left it's me. Brilliant. It's the KRS one stands for something fucking brilliant. Knowledge, respect, strength, or some shit, is there? Oh. Who knows? It made me look like an idiot. Thank you. We need a Jamie. <laughs> if we do we need a Jamie. We need a Joe Rogan We're Jamie. Ta- taking applications. Jamie, what, Jamie, what is uh, there? Oh, that's not a bad idea. That's not a bad idea. We should need. Uh, would you like to be our Jamie? 
<laughs> and just man the fucking I laptop. So fast, okay. You know the gas thing is, I would be an incredible Jamie. I'm, I've got Google skills. Mm. I'm actually quite good at getting Google stuff up real quick. The real me, and I know what to type in to get. Well, it tell you what, instead of a Jamie, is there any budding uh, cloning artists out there? We just get a helmet clone. Does nobody like me? Yeah, that's we make another you then. Did you watch that new cloning thing with Paul Rudd? No. Okay. What's your. What's your <laughs> <laughs> All right. LaRock. Scott LaRock. Now, this is. I chose to end it on this one because this is something that maybe something good came out of his death. That boy was mated. Yeah. He got jar rules. I can't believe I forgot to say that during the whole podcast. I was like, every time I was doing research on this, I kept thinking, that boy was mated. All I thought about was jar rule doing Maida. <laughs> That's all I thought about. Maida. Um, Go on. So. Proceed, Gar. <laughs> Drink is picking in now. Yeah, Thankfully, he, after we talked about all the serious Yeah, things. my ears are getting warm. Uh, Someone's talking about you. <laughs> so, uh, Scott Rock is born Scott... Uh, Monroe Sterling in 1962 and in 1987 Scott and a guy called Denise um, get in trouble for talking to a girl right now Denise is the other uh, is also a member of uh, Boogie Down Productions with Keras one the two of them get in trouble for talking to a girl and um, there's a group of lads nearby while they're talking to this girl and they take exception because one of the lads it's his ex-girlfriend Right. They're not into it. So there's a big fucking scuffle. And the, uh, the lads get the show kicked out of them by this group of lads, including the uh, ex-boyfriend of the girl. For just saying, girl. Yeah. So that evening, Scott and a couple of his pals jump in a fucking, uh, jump in a jeep and they drive off to uh, the project's place called Highland, um, Highbridge Homes Projects, which is where one of these guys lives. Now, right. the general consensus amongst the group is that Scott wanted to kind of squash it. He didn't want to get out of hand. He wanted to talk to the boys and try and defuse the entire situation to figure out, fucking, listen, I talked to the girl. I didn't know you had it in the order, whatever. But at the same time, Scott also rolled up with a car full of lads, right, just in case. Yeah. Um, they had their conversation. I don't know whether there was a fight or a scuffle while they had the conversation. I'm not entirely sure. It's hard to get, kind of get details on it. All that's known is... As the lads got back into the car to leave, um, a couple of shots are fired right. at the jeep, and Scott takes him in the head. Shit. Now, apparently... I mean, he, I knew he was going to die based yeah. on him being on this podcast, but <laughs> yeah. it's still sad the moment you feel it. Yeah. Now, apparently, he uh, is still alive when they make it to the hospital, and he's talking. He's, like, sitting up in the gurney, talking to the lads, and they're like, how are you? He goes, I'm a bit tired, like, but I think I might be all right. Shit. But they bring him into the operating room and off he goes. I think within an hour of being shot, he's in the operating theatre, but he dies. Um, he dies on the fucking, on the trolley, essentially, in the operating theatre, right. getting ready to, to be prepped. Um, why I say something good might have came out of his fucking needless, wantless, fucking horrific death is that they were in the middle of recording their second album. Um they're in the middle of recording their second album, um, which is actually the only Boogie Down Productions album I own. Um, and it changed the tone of the album. Right, yeah. The first album was the same normal bragging about fucking guns and shooting people. And 
that type of show. Like even the song I picked is called "The Bridge Is Over," which is about the fight um, between like the Bronx and Brooklyn and Queens and who invented hip hop and the Nas Queens Bridge. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The bridge. Yeah, exactly. that's a big thing. Yeah. yeah. So uh, th- th- this song is called the fourth song is called "The Bridge," and this is a follow up called "The Bridge Is Over," I think, and uh, which is really good. But what's interesting when you listen to this song, you'll hear the prototype of so much hip hop that comes afterwards, but lyrically and thematically. It changed so much with the death. Thematically. Thematically. The theme of it. I know what it means. Yeah, okay, I just right. didn't expect you to come <laughs> out with that. Um, Woo! Mm, big words. That's what happens when you have to be drinking a lot of fucking 10.5%. Uh, I like po- that word. Polish-Belgian fucking gargle. Um, the album changes so much while it's being recorded that it, it essentially becomes the first kind of socio-political hip-hop album. It leaves behind all of the violent themes and becomes about kind of looking after each other and and needless deaths and why the fuck like why are we doing this to each other? It's mad introspective. Of, yes. and just like, yeah, you start asking yourself, is this bullshit? Or exactly. What, like, what? Why are we doing this? Yeah, and who caused it? Exactly. The government. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the government <laughs> were having a field day whenever all the rappers start killing themselves. Pretty much. Or so, each other and themselves, whatever. This album is considered to be the very, very first fucking, like, properly political hip-hop album. And it's, it's the thing that made KRS-One into... Knowledge reigns supreme That's over it. nearly everyone. I yes. just fucking remembered it. I knew it was like, yeah. knowledge rules. I knew that as well. It's gone. Knowledge rules. Gone. Oh, you got it. I fucking got yeah. it. Um, so yeah, he was killed in the mid kind of album, mid second album. And uh, it changed everything. I think they went back and they scrapped a lot of stuff and they just started again with what they had. Yeah, and, it um, would absolutely change. You, you, can't, you can't go back using half of those lyrics after that happens. Yeah, exactly. Even the the album cover is like a reproduction of I think, Malcolm X with the, the, the cowboy yeah. looking out the window and stuff like that. That's when the government starts going, oh, shit. Yes. This, oh, hang on. We, did we just invent Public Enemy? Oh, I no. think we just invented yeah, Public Enemy. Fuck. Yeah, that type of show. Um but yeah, like, it, eventually these talented people are going to use a talented against us. <laughs> exactly. Oh no! Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, Let's drop more uh, helicopter crack over the area. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> That's a real thing. It is a real thing, which is horrific. Uh, yeah, so he's shot in the head while leaving, trying to defuse the situation. Now, there's a little bit of dissent in the camp as to whether he went there to be the hard shot or whether he did go there to defuse the situation it's it's hard to tell most people who were there you can do both you could you can go there with the best intentions I and then someone says fucking something it's like oh, hang on a minute yeah i think that might have been the case the, the fact of the matter is that he did go he did go there to figure something out but he did kind of roll heavy he brought a, a fucking carload of lads with him just in case yeah um but scott Rock shot in the head dies an hour later on, a, on an operating theater bed and uh, unwittingly uh, creates probably one of the most important hip-hop albums of the day that inspired almost everyone after it. Um, Inspired KRS-One to go down that route where even to this day he's known as like the the king of boom bap, they call him, which is a style of hip-hop, which was the the, uh, creation of a way of doing beats where it's real... Um, obvious it's, you're not talking about loads of layers it's not like overly produced it's yeah, real no, slam it's, bam it's, in yeah, your face it only have come from the New Yorks exactly really could have exactly the, you, you can absolutely hear differences between east and west coast hip hop of, of, of the era yeah, we, we, we'll do that at some stage we will do it we, we, we talked about doing it for ages um, but yeah that was Scott LaRock who unwittingly invented um, the future of hip hop 
Yeah. It just took us fucking life to do it, which is bullshit. Yeah, that's bullshit. Uh, but that was that was uh, killed, killed dead. Killed I believe dead. we called it. Um, Volume one, because we could do that again. You could, you so, keep going. There's there's definitely some there's some buttes in there, like some buttes that I I fucking didn't do, mm. like some really there's some very stuff. obvious ones we skipped for. What's don't the point? Like picking the mad super super. There's no point ones. doing the mad obvious ones. The chances are, if you're listening to a music podcast, you're into music. You know what I mean? Or at least you at least want to learn something new about music. Like one of the things I I, I talked to somebody this week about this podcast, and uh, I tried to explain to them that like I know like twenty people who are much better at music than me. Like oh, just mu- musically talented. <laughs> no, like knowledge. No, oh god, I got nine yeah. forty. Yeah, just like they are absolute black holes of musical knowledge. Yeah, you could rattle off. So like, pr- yeah, I, like, I, are they uh, hilarious though? Because we're hilarious. <laughs> but what I was trying to explain they, to you was that uh, do they use alcohol as a crutch? Though <laughs> they, that's a huge part. Of this. Are they drunk four nights a week? <laughs> um, <laughs> is there? Going do they have podcasting equipment? That's y- the main. That's thing. the main thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but I was trying to explain to, to somebody the other day that like this is our little outlet that basically what you're hearing is me and Helmet what we'd be doing anyway yeah, literally we've done this for years exactly this is where the but idea now, came well, from the difference is slight difference is we're, A we're recording it and B we're 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 reading into what we knew and finding out things that weren't true. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Because we, dispelling a few little myths and learning, oh shit, a bit more about yeah. that as well. Because we could come in blind and talk about it, and we'd get loads of stuff wrong. Yeah. the way everyone gets stuff wrong. And chances are, we still will get stuff wrong, even with all the research. Of like I'm, I'm running out of notebooks now. I need to buy some new notebooks because I like it out. is fun to just like. I don't think when when we come up with a topic for this, I don't think we go. Jesus, I wouldn't know where to start with that. That's not what we would ever do. We, we, we the fire up, is already lit. We basically throw the songs in the playlist and then we go, right, I know a certain amount about this. Let's I go dig to dig a little bit more yeah. so we can get, and then we find out little more bits of stories. In it. It's not like we're just going, logging on to the internet and going, I don't know. No. What's this? But no. We, do, we, do, we do jar our memory a little bit with research. Yeah, 100%. Like, and, uh, and I'm actually glad about it as well. Yeah. Like, we, we've talked, me and Helmet have talked about this a hundred times. We really enjoy doing this and we're glad that you fuckers are with us as well. Yeah. Um, we're doing well. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Um, as always, tell your friends. T- please tell your friends. Um, there's one thing talking about Patreon, which I'll do now. Um, but even before I talk about Patreon, you can help us so much by just liking st- something and sharing it. That's yeah, people who share a link to this podcast do more for us than the Patreons. Don't say that. that no, that's a fact. Uh-oh. That's a fact. The Patreons allow us to do it. And we do we do release stuff for Patreon a oh, bit yeah. earlier. We don't yeah. like doing that. We're not fucking EA or Ubisoft. We're not, <laughs> not doing DLC. We're yeah. not, you know, I, don't, I feel slightly uncomfortable about it, but I get it. We, it ha- does, we have to do it. No, we do have to. And it does help because yeah. we have bought microphones. So yeah, thanks, exactly. Thanks. We have actually, that's why we sound less, uh, well, we, we're always going to sound like two scumbags, but we now we sound a little bit more clear. Yeah, exactly. And we're, we're, we're learning all the time. So listen, if you want to support us directly, you can go to patreon.com forward slash lost art podcast. It's five dollars, not even euros. It's less than five euros. Yeah. It's five dollars a month. And that allows us to do a million different things. If you don't have a fiver to spare, just share the podcast. That's yeah. all we ask. Yeah, like something. It, yeah. And you know what? If you don't want to feel like you're fucking hawking something, if you have a comment on a podcast, if you have a comment on something we said, post up on the Facebook page. Again, it's facebook.com forward slash Lost Art Podcast. 
and we're on Instagram. People di- not disagreeing with us or not even agreeing. <laughs> just not get, get get stuck in. Get please put the boot in if you have exactly. To. <laughs> if you've got some, there was some beautiful stuff. Uh, somebody posted up the other day about the um, the Killers podcast that there's a connection between Joe Meek and uh, Matt Bellamy from Muse. That's right, yeah. That his father was in a band recording. Sean did that, yeah, 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 exactly. Right. So and like, Barry as well did that as well. Yeah, yeah. The, the, there's some wonderful stuff that we're learning off you. So if you absolutely, if you have a fact to throw in, please. Throw it online get, like, because we, we can't catch everything, you know. We're, we are still just two fucking Egypts from Dublin try, <laughs> trying, to, trying to have fun. Um, so I'll leave it at that for yeah. this week. It's the Halloween season. So we're, we kept it a little bit fucking grim. Spooky. Yeah. Um, so uh, we hope you enjoyed that one. We've got some more plans. We've a bunch more plans. If we were radio DJs now, we'd play those like creaky Ooh. door open. <laughs> and bats going flap, flap, flap. Chains, I'm no chain. I do have a chain, <laughs> it's over on the other. Um, <laughs> Thanks a million anyway, yeah. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you again next week.